0: Inescapably, inescapably,
1: inescapably, inescapably foreign. Welcome to Without Borders, the podcast where we tell stories from the inescapably foreign. Uh, this is the place for nomads, expats, third culture children. Today, I'm lucky enough to have Nick Snot here. Uh, Nick has written for the Lonely Planet, he works as a business consultant, and he is an OG digital nomad. Uh, Nick,
0: how's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> happy to have, happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, originally, I asked you to write something, but uh, <laughs> what happened to your arm? Um, well, yeah. Well, like like you said, I, I do a lot of business consulting. I I, I went to visit one of my studios a lot, about a week and a half ago, and uh, they didn't tell me that they changed the railing, and the railing wasn't fixed yet, so. I lean over the railing to tell them something on the first floor, and I went—I went through it straight into a meeting table. So, being in front of your computer is a lot safer. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. At least we can still talk. <laughs> uh, I mean, writing one end is possible, just a little, a little slower.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so, Nick, where where are you right now? Uh, today, I'm in Belfast. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, that's the the story right i i I blew up my arm and i'm waiting for the operation right now but in the last two weeks i've been to you know montreal dublin paris vegas and then back in belfast right now so (laughs) keep traveling uh how long have you lived in belfast uh (laughs) about three weeks now Uh, uh you know we uh uh, my wife and I, we don't really do anything too long anymore. You know, a few, a few months here and there, and then we move to the next place. And, you know, to be fair, a few years ago, I was going more than a week in one place. That was, that was special, right? So, now it's a month. Yeah. And you're doing that with a kid now. I am doing that with a kid. Yeah, we have a it, 10-month-old. It's, uh, it's been to seven countries since it was born, and uh, seems to love it. I mean, so he, he will be a third culture child for sure. one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, he, he already has three passports, and honestly, he, he would it would be able to get more if he if if we wanted to. Just that at that point, there's some laws, and we would probably lose some of them. But you know, that's that's the idea. right? So, what passports does he have? Uh, right now, he has Canadian, Irish, and South African, because my wife is South African. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of
1: people, if you tell them, oh, we're moving around, they'll say, oh, but what, what are you going to do when you settle down? Uh, how are you, what are you going to do when you have a child? You can't just keep moving around like that, right? So <laughs> what, what would you say to people who think like
0: that? Well, it's, it's, it's a tough question. And let's be honest, it's not for everyone, right? And um, the, the, the reality is that I don't know better. I've been doing this since I'm 17 years old and that's me and that's my happy place. I'm, good. I'm lucky enough that I found someone that sees not as much value as I do, but that sees a lot of value in this. And the reality is that, you know, it depends on your child. My child thrives. He doesn't, you know, it, people were telling us, I, you know, you're going to see, you're going to move around, and he's going to have tantrum, and he's going to lose his, his bearings, and he's not going to be happy. Well, the reality is that he's excited to find new places, and he gets, you know, but obviously we're not doing the same thing we were doing three years ago where I was still doing, you know, backpackers, hostels on the islands. And we were like going a little bit crazy and then glamping everywhere. We obviously do, you know, our B we still a little bit longer where we go. We, we pick places that are close to parks and stuff like that. But the reality is that we still do crazy amount of things that all our friends we were crazy to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do, do you have any uh, travel stories um, are any recent travel stories with your kid? Yeah, no, I mean we we do all kind of things, right? Obviously, I think one thing that both my wife and I miss the most about having a kid is we we used to love going out and meet random people. We're both very very social people that used to go to bars and and just you know meet random travelers and you know meet a lot of friends this way, which, which was great. So we well, we obviously don't get a chance to do that as much as we used to, but about you know, just before this happened with my arm, actually after, after a few days before that, we, we end up going to one of those day pubs. And that's what's really great about Ireland in general is that you go to a pub at, you know, at 1 p.m. and there's music playing and everyone's welcome and the kids are in place, whatever. And we, we ended up to that pub, met a bunch of people. And <laughs> the last thing we know, we were at the bar at like 7 p.m. doing shots with them and the kid in our arm. And at one point, we're just like, okay, we should probably call it off. Was <laughs> have the, the crowd that was like, this is awesome. And the other, the other half that was like, okay, they're pushing it a little bit. But, you know, that's not the point. The point is you shouldn't stop doing what you love in life uh, to a certain extent because you have a kid. Just, you know, the kid is not going to start crying in a bar because you're going to a bar. He's going to cry in a bar if he's never been to one and has never even been exposed to music and never been exposed to anything else. Uh, there's a line where responsibility and having fun cross and just have to make sure that you don't pass that line too far you know yeah i remember
1: my parents raised me in a similar way that you're raising your child right now uh they were always moving around and when they first came to canada they were pissed off about the bars because they didn't know that you can't bring kids into bars Cause <laughs> they were used to belgium where you just bring your family in and then <laughs> they would show up at a bar or a saloon in um in british columbia they Bring me in and be like, no, but this kid can't be here. And they were just so shocked about it. Um, I guess that's another thing. Do you find there are certain places where it's more difficult to be a digital mo- nomad with your child um, or other countries where it's a little bit
0: easier? Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And, I, and just to go back to what you just said, because I can really relate to that. And I think that's a really big point about my life is, you know, my parents are European, my mom is French, my dad is of Irish. And, you know, my parents travel all their life, but when they got me, they decided to sell down. They did the choice to, you know, stop traveling as much. And they, you know, they built a place in Quebec and they decided that was it, right? So we did a few travels a year, but nothing crazy. And that's probably what got me traveling so much in my entire life was that I had two parents that were actually backpackers. I heard stories of my uncles, whatever, about their crazy adventure. Um, they were both coming from another country, but I never had to, I never got the chance to live through it when I was a kid. So when I got my child, I was like, this can happen. He needs to actually understand and get where this is all coming from. I don't want him to hear legends. You know, I want him to be part of them. So I came to it, but obviously, you know, there's, um, you know, there's, 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 places place easier to travel than others, right? Uh, we were in Namibia at the beginning of the year where, you know, beautiful country, but traveling with a young child in a place where internet is not easy to get to, um, and you know, your distance are massive where you need to drive a few hours to get from another town to another town and there's no cell reception and you know, with a young baby at the time I think it was like three months old, where you never know when you're gonna have to stop. That that was that was a little bit of a challenge. And there's probably why Grain now we traveling to Europe where everything is a lot easier. Then you know traveling or like we were doing before we we had a child just because you know we got you got to make some sacrifice here and there and make it make it make a book you know yeah and are you
1: homeschooling at all or uh, are you planning to put your child into different schools every
0: time well, I mean, he's ten. He's ten months old right now, right? So yeah, yeah, you know, that's we, what I'm asking him for in the future. Yeah, yeah. So right now we don't have that problem. Uh, my wife is a teacher. Uh, you know, she runs international schools, and you know, she, she specialized in, in the first cycle. So um, we always felt that we would probably, you know, the easiest thing to do. I think that once he gets to four or five years old, we're probably going to be looking at you know, being in some place for a year or two years and, and probably that this around a little bit longer and she would probably go to the school where my wife teach or whatever. Um, but okay. you know, we we're really crossing that bridge when we get to that bridge, right? It's uh we're not there yet. And, you know, people spend so much We'll time talk about to... that in another episode. Well but, but, but you know, it's 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 so much everything I do has so much to do with the fact that, you know, what's the point of stressing about something that you don't know? And, you know, people, I and it goes back to traveling. You know, I get phone calls from all my friends, or people I met on the road, and be like, hey, Nick, I want to go to this place, and they, I think it's going to be dangerous for that region. Should I plan that? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you really, really, really want to do something, plan it. Yeah, you know, if you want to go to the bloody World Cup, yeah, you're going to have to plan that. But most of the time, just stop stressing about it. Like, let it be, and you're going to see it's going to be much easier than what you think it would be. And if not, well, at least you didn't waste six months of your life stressing about something for nothing that you could not change, you know? Yeah. So
1: can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Because I'm sure a lot of listeners are thinking, how does this guy pull this off?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not 22 years old, right? So I, I, I'm almost 34 now. I am... Um, after I finished high school, I went, on a, uh, when I went on a road trip where I hitchhiked from Canada all the way to the and went back up. And at the time, you know, Facebook was just starting. The Internet was not what, what it is today. So I used to have a travel blog, like a free travel blog online where I was writing, you know, small short stories. And the a few, you know, travel agencies reached out to me and read what I was writing and offered me a few bucks and nothing crazy like, you know, $30, $40 to be like, hey, can I take this and publish it on you know, our page or put it into one of our books or do things like that. So I started this way and then, you know, after a while, you know, I could actually make a decent living doing this. Uh, I still went to universities overseas. I did some college in the US, some college in Ireland, but, you know, it was just a reason for me to be at one place, and take a car, or take a Ryanair flight every week, and to go travel somewhere else. Uh, so I've been doing that for sixteen years, in and out. You know, I I still had corporate jobs through this. Um, you know, but I I was the king of the contract work. You know, that was really my thing. Like never settled for anything big. So I work on the few Olympics, so I worked on a World Cup, things like that. There was always short term stuff, and then the recent, you know. Five to six years i've been really putting more time into my business so you know i i work on a you know marketing agency back in canada that was doing specializing in you know large-scale international events then you know i worked for a gaming studio back in singapore um and then you know in in the last years i work in actech uh now i uh you know i have a design company with a partner in canada that does international events i you know, I have a SaaS platform that does integrations uh, with partners and friends and still trying to do ad tech stuff, uh, back in, in California. So, you know, spreading new investments, see where it goes, is going to go. Some of them are going to work. Some of them are not going to work, but the reality is, you know, just trying to do what I like every day, which is traveling and see the world. So. Yeah. And how did you get
1: into marketing? Cause that's kind of how we met. You were my yeah. boss. Yeah. And, uh, well. <laughs> We seem to have a relationship with broken arms. Now you have a broken arm. Uh, last time it was me because we yeah. were in Whistler. And uh, Nick was an awesome boss and let me take a mountain bike out. <laughs> I took the <laughs> mountain bike out. Next day I show up with a broken arm. Nick was just like, dude, <laughs> what happened here? <laughs>
0: well, you know, it's uh, that's going kind to of restore my life, right? But, um, yeah, yeah. You- Again, it's the same thing. Uh, I was lucky enough in two thousand nine. Never worked never worked a marketing gig in my entire life. I was coming back from uh, my first long trip in Europe. I was flying back home, and I was a little bit, you know, sad about everything. I was like, okay, is this it? Right at that time, I was, I was only traveling for three and a half years, and I, I thought that okay, well, I did my cycle, I did my trip. Now it's time to do like the normal life and everything, and um, and then I was lucky enough that. I think I was in London at the time or somewhere like that. And I was just applying for jobs online and uh, I got a job for the Olympic Committee, and they were, you know, they were working on the torch relay for, for, for Vancouver 2010. And they was supposed to be a very, very small job where, where the team was coming to Quebec for like two weeks and, I was supposed to be the local guy, like the guy that would help them with the small things. Like, hey, we need petrol in that place. Can you tell us which petrol stations would be the closest route? Or we need to book hotels like Blast Know which hotel we should go to and tip, like small things, right? And you know, through that job, the openings kept coming and I kept applying for jobs. And at one point I got a job that was way over my head in marketing that I never did. But they felt that I had a personality that was fitting really well with you know being on the road for so long and having to be on the road for so long in really remote location so they gave me my chance i fell in love with marketing i fell in love with you know sponsorship large-scale event and then it just became you know a big reason why i travel you know a lot of people went the full travel route and blogging and stuff like that which is amazing and i'm i'm a big consumer of them but i you know writing and everything else was always great for me but marketing was my main fun while traveling all my life so i kept applying for you know managing jobs at large scale events all over the world and that get me enough money to keep traveling for the next four or five months and then do another one of those and then keep traveling for the next four or five months and that was me right
1: yeah you're definitely someone who just dives into everything, it sounds like. You just take the opportunities that are thrown at you and then just go from there. What was one opportunity you took where it was well, maybe maybe it was a big obstacle or just a big learning experience where you just dove into it and something changed in you or
0: Yeah. I mean, I I used to go to right? Uh, and, you know, <laughs> that's crazy to say. I used to be the guy that used to backpack and move it around every three four days max, and that was my thing. And, um, you know, a few years ago, maybe three and a half years ago, I, I, uh, I had a big break gap and you know, I'm not going to bore you guys to this, but, you know, I was supposed to do that day trip with the one girl and I was supposed to go on. We had a bunch of plans. And for the first time in my life, I let myself go and plan a bunch of things and it didn't pan out. I'm going to not to do it. And I I, I decided to last night, I decided to do the trip my, by myself and uh, I embraced something I, I thought I would never embrace in my life, which was slow traveling. And that became what I am today, you know, staying in the same place for weeks and, and really get imprinted in the culture and you know sometimes say for six seven months six seven weeks up one place and really make a you know local friends or meet the local expats groups and really you know build bridges and that kept me going so much more now and I think that's really what I love the most because I I meet you know local groups and then I meet those people at other places another in other places so I, I would say would be this uh at the end of the day I'm also the I'm the type of guy that doesn't really give a shit, you know, you know, obstacles, it's a new story, it's a new twist, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, What about for cultural adaptation? Is there anything that you've had to change about yourself recently or something that you needed to learn to be able to adapt to the culture you're currently in? Or maybe something that happened before?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) it's it's a funny story. It's a funny question because... And I know I, I'm a big preacher of you. You can't, you can't, you can't just move somewhere and just be you like them. Like it's just not going to happen. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, we're all citizens of that big white thing around us, or the big planet, whatever what you call it. Like we we all have a lot of things in common, and I think it's about finding what you have in common with people, and and stop thinking so much about things that are different. As long as you open, the culture is great. I think the one thing that happened to me that opened my eyes to a lot of things was more professionally. So, uh, you know, I used to work with Dyker from Singapore, uh, and I worked with them for almost two years. Uh, and the great thing with them is that they made me travel a lot. Like, you know, I went for three months to Bangladesh in the middle of the pandemic. I went to Egypt with them. I went to South Africa. I went to Cambodia. I went to the Philippines. So they they got me to travel a lot. And one of the reasons they liked me traveling so much is that I had so much experience working with different culture that they felt that. You know, I was a great bridge, and I could adapt to the local things that we had. And that was great. But one thing they, they told me a lot in the first few months is that being from uh, being North America, I was very direct with my themes. Uh, my expectations were really high. I, I was the type of guy that I was not look. you know, I was not mean. And I was not yelling at anyone. That's not me. But I was, you know, when I, was, I wanted something, it was really like, this is what we want. This is what we're trying to get. This is it. And. And that was not working super well with my Malaysian team at the time that needed, you know, me to be very, very soft and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, Just you know, culturally, um, you know, people are taking a little bit more detours in what they're saying to, and, and uh, that we are in North America where, you know, time is money for us. And we just do things really, really straight. <laughs> yeah. Here favorite maybe say, no tienes pelos en la lengua. You don't have bears on the tongue, you don't hold it back well the dutch are like that dude you know uh uh, you do business in 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 the netherlands which i just did and i appreciate that so much because they don't fuck around they just say things the way they is and you know and they're not scared of like for them you don't take things personally that's just the way it is and i can appreciate that so much because what i do business-wise and what i do in my personal life is two bloody things that i can split up but it's not like this in asia and you gotta appreciate that You know, you you need to appreciate, you know, the the cultural connections first. You need to be a personal friend in a lot of cases to do business together, and there's a there's a great advantage to that, you know. And there's some learnings there that we should apply more in North America. One hundred percent.
1: Also, to to enter a business in Asia can be a little bit harder. Like I know with in China with Guangxi, it's um. You kind of have to have a connection or family to even be able to get the position. What was it like for you to enter the business world there? Did you have a connection already, or how were you able to enter those those circles?
0: It's definitely harder um I mean those markets that are easier than not um you know I remember you know i I I never really had to apply for jobs in in the last 15 years. I was always lucky enough that my name spoke for itself. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, opportunities came my way and people reach out and stuff like that. When the pandemic hit at the time I was in Cambodia and uh, it hit a lot sooner in Cambodia than it hit in the Western world. You know, we were, uh, they closed the borders and end of December, right? Nobody in, nobody out. So I was at the point where, you know, a lot of my gigs that I had, like everything that was, you know, I was writing for the newspaper at the time, I was doing, you know, weekly interviews with the Daily Mail in London, too. all this died in a question of weeks, you know, and it's not because they, they could, that's a crazy thing, you know, it's not because you're underperforming or they don't like you anymore, it was just that they didn't see traveling as a future for, you know, they didn't want to invest into this anymore. So I lost all my income in like two weeks which was crazy. A lot of the consulting gigs that I was doing at the time was in the entertainment industry too. So I lost everything except one client that kept me afloat for like two more months. But then, you know, it was more of a favor than anything else. I had to, this is where I went and worked with that Singapore startup, but I, that was all fully remote. And I think I applied for a good four or 500 jobs that week. And nobody would return me. They're the only per, the only group that returned my email. And asked me for an interview, and you know, I ended up selling myself so short, just because I was like, you know what, it's better than nothing, and 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 it was great. And the crazy thing about this is that I, the management team there, I spent, I worked with them for two years, in multiple countries, I never met one of them. It's always been a remote, and you know, we were deeply invested at that time. We were doing business in 27 countries. It was amazing. It was a love. A lot of learning and things, but I never got to meet any of them in person, just because of the reality of COVID and everything else. That's something
1: I'm interested in as well, because you were one of the few, well, uh, not maybe one of the few people who were able to travel during COVID. What is your most intense travel story during COVID?
0: I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, the, the traveling during COVID was really flexibility for us. Um, you know, Jenny, my wife, was we we learned she was pregnant the day before we flew to Bangladesh. Um, you know, we wanted a kid. It was fun to have a kid. We didn't think he would take a date. You know, she went up went up the pills. Got was pregnant the day after, which was completely crazy. Uh, so we're 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 flying to Bangladesh. Um, you know, we're we're like okay, we're we're gonna have to find local hospitals. We're gonna have to have the first few meetings, with you know, doctors in Bangladesh, which, you know, wasn't wasn't what we were looking for at the least. And and then, you know, we, we did all this and then we had to make a decision, like where we're gonna have the kid. And we were supposed to move to Bali. Uh we made the decision that we would get the kid in Bali Asia. We went through all the OOPs to get two working visas in the middle of COVID. We ended up having a special, you know, journalist uh exception to get those visas which was great. We, we got the visas. That was amazing. Um, but, <laughs> and that's the big but, uh, at the time there was a new variant of COVID, and 10 countries around the world, Bangladesh being one of them, uh, got blocked, uh, where you not travel directly to most countries in the world from there. You, you needed to go two weeks somewhere else, and then you could travel somewhere. So we, we struggled. We cannot find a place where we could go. Uh, my wife having a South African, you know, passport to start with, this is very limited in terms of which country she can go to without a visa. So I end up going to the Egyptian uh, <laughs> embassy in Dhaka, uh, to talk with, to with the ambassador, begged him to find a solution for us. He gave my wife a visa in one day, 24 hours to go to Egypt. We end up going to Egypt, which was amazing. You know, the best trip of my life, honestly. We were the only tourists in the bloody country, and we were going to temples where there was literally no tourists there. We added them all for ourselves. It, <laughs> it was completely amazing. I'm going to remember that trip to Abu Simbel where the guys was like, the guide there was, saw us arrive and was like, hey, you guys are the first tourists I've seen in three weeks. We had the entire place for ourselves. That was completely insane. But that being said, we had all our flights booked from there to go to Bali, and the day before, Um, we flew in, uh, they had something like crazy, like 250,000 cases a a week at that point. And they blocked the border. They completely closed the borders to Indonesia. So we went through, you know, three months of trying to get a word visa for both of us there to, you know, not being able to leave. And then, you know, our visa to Egypt is expiring a few days later. Um, so we had to, you know, from there, find a new location where we would have the kid because she'd be too you know, too far along to be able to, to travel at that point. And we, we, we fleet to South Africa and we decided to have the kid there and, and just make it work, you know? <laughs> that's a roller coaster. Yeah. Oh but man. That's what COVID was, you know, you know, if you like plans in life, like well, through doing what we did during COVID, you don't like plans anymore. You just roll with the punches. The way it
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. Like that expression, well, if you're religious, uh, Man Plans, God Laughs. Remember, one of my friends changed it to Man Plans, Universe Laughs.
0: Well, that's pretty much it is, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Nick, um, I'm trying to keep this podcast around 30 minutes. That was, um, we're around there. Is there anything else you want to share? And also, listeners, if you're saying, Nolan, why the hell are you doing this for 30 minutes? Do it for an hour. Just reach out to me. I'm just getting started here, and I need your feedback, your critique, everything. Uh, but, yeah, for today, Nick, anything else you want to share before we finish this off?
0: I think there's a beauty in travel. There's a beauty, and it's not about, you know, it's like for some people, they just need a break, and life is really, really intense. And I'm getting philosophical, and, you know, uh, that's not the point. You know, if if your thing is to go to a beach and take those crazy Instagram pictures, go for it, man. I, I, I take them, too, and I think they're great. That's all awesome. fun. But, you know, the the reason why I travel and the reason why I think it's so great for me and it's great for my family, and that's why I'm trying to pass on, is there's, there's a cultural bridge. And if you get to travel and meet locals or even meet just, there's nothing better than being in a train that, you know, and meet five people from five different countries that you've never been to and just learn about their their lives and learn about their stories and uh, and, and and yet to understand, you know, the differences, but also like the things that you have in common. Um, one story I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, and it changed my life and really quickly here. Um, um, about 12 years ago, I went to Poland. I was in Warza. I was in a hostel, completely quiet also. There was no tourists there. And um, they had a little bar on the outside. And I went and I have a few beers there at night, and there was six people who were, you know, journalists from uh, Belarus. And half of them could not speak a word of English. But that was one of the best experiences of my life. I spent three hours of my life sitting at a table trying to exchange with them, talk about, you know, their culture, their life. And we spent three hours, they were describing about the fact that, you know... <laughs> open speeches and you know freedom of press didn't really exist there and they were telling me about you know what they were asked by the government to film and what they were not allowed to film and stuff like that and yeah i'm gonna remember all my life like you know yeah i was 21 years old and you not much about the world at that time and it was the real reality check about hey you know this is their reality you know they're the same age as me but they have to go through this to their careers and everything and and that that's where i fell as a travel writer I had an opportunity that those people didn't have. You know, me traveling to those places, I could write about things that they didn't, they were not allowed to share, even though they wanted to share, you know, and it was more about those people. And this is where I started writing about people. I didn't write about, you know, go to Berlin and visit that building and, and that museum costs 10 euros to get in. No, it became about, I met those crazy people. This is their story. And this is where I started writing stories about people and not places
1: right Uh, thanks for sharing that because that's exactly what I'm trying to do here as well Nick I really appreciate you coming on the show Um, also and everyone listening right now if you are an English learner you can download the transcript on um, www.withoutborders.fyi I'll provide some language notes as well and Nick thanks again if anyone has any notes uh, just get back to me or if you want to follow nick you can go to at Nick and not travel uh, on instagram right
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and, any other good place to follow you a little bit everywhere man i'm uh i'm the type of guy that pop up you know i do a lot of on the business side obviously on linkedin there's a lot of stuff that i publish there otherwise you know i do a lot of ghost writing and a lot of stuff I'm on the planet that i'm going to publish here and there but uh, I would say, I would say that's the easiest way to connect with me. I do answer everyone. You know, I I got a great crowd in India now for whatever reason. I appreciate the person in India that keeps sharing my posts. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I haven't been in India for more than ten years, but I appreciate everyone from India.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll end that there. everyone. Uh, please come back to the show and i'm I'm hoping that I'll have Nick on the show again because I know he has way more stories to share as well. All right, so that was without Borders. Tune in next time.